Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs, Thanksgiving weekend edition. Hope you guys had a great, safe, and sound holiday. And you're uh, vegging out now from all the food you ate on Thursday and listening to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you download uh, your favorite podcasts like Movie Maniacs. And hopefully you're listening on 1190 and 107.5 FM as well on uh, Sunday mornings at midnight. Uh, I am Mike Rags. Got Chuck Curry here rounding out the year 2021. Chuck, we're going to go back 25 years ago and count down our 10 favorite movies from 1996 as we did some research what a phenomenal year of movies 96 was and the hardest part was not finding 10 movies but ranking them trying to figure out which one was my actual favorite favorite the not the best not necessarily most critically acclaimed but the best the, the ones best. we like the one the ones that have repeatability the ones Absolutely. that we say recommend to a friend or Absolutely. an enemy why well, not anyone anyone it's a time of year right it sure is it sure is so we'll count down our 10 favorites coming up we've got fast five as well and maybe a little bit of movie news but the big movie release this past Thanksgiving, and it's uh, it's going OK at the box office for it. Um, some mixed reviews, but Chuck's going to give you his review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. And please, Chuck, try not to reveal too much because I'll be seeing it over the weekend here with my daughter. So Ghostbusters Afterlife. What do you want to know? He has a thing. Let Good, me just bad pre- and different. Let me know. your let thoughts. Me just, just, let me just preface. I mean, after I watched it, right, I've gone online and I got to tell you, the general public seems to really like this movie. Right. Why does that seem surprising to you? Because when I watched it, and I hate saying this, I was very disappointed. So thumbs down from Chuck. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I'm watching it, and there's elements that I like. The lead mechanic race is pretty awesome. Yes. They got the right lead. I think 14 years old when they filmed it, 13 and a half. I think she's 15 now. She's really good. This is a very highly intelligent kid. Has a good screen presence, a quirky personality, and she's really good. And there's elements about it that were pretty cool. Now, let's also note that this we're talking with one of the biggest fans of Ghostbusters, the girl movie, because, you know, nobody brought up that movie more than Chuck did. So uh, I really like that Ghostbusters, the girl. It sounds like this one's not as good as the girl. I don't think it is. Now, here's the thing. The tone of it is weird for me. Um, it doesn't take place in a major city like the first two Ghostbusters. Right. You know, they go, okay. So it takes place in a rural farm town. Right. Um, it brings back some of the older characters. I'm not going to tell you when and where. Uh-huh. I'm not going to tell you when and where. It has a very methodical, slow pace, almost pace like E.T. Right. Right. But the thing about E.T. is when E.T. started to get itself going after the buildup, it was awesome. One of the greatest movies of all time. To me, this movie, I hate saying it again, it was stuck in Mediocreville. It never really took off. And it started to wear my patience to the point, Mike, to the point. I almost felt like walking out. Wow. It it frustrated me. So not even... It Paul doesn't Rudd have save it. I don't like the way he was used. Oh, ultimately, I don't like the way he was used. He starts out fine, but 
there's very little other 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 than the last 20 minutes. There's little musical score at all in this movie. Right. It has it has a way too serious tone. It doesn't have a big sense of fun at all. Okay. It's not very funny. It does have some cool stuff. I don't want to just completely like like you know throw gasoline and light the fire on it. Right. Whether the pacing threw me off or I was looking for something different, I don't know. But there are it's very strange because when I started reading reviews and some of the buzz on the movie before I went to see it. It's one of those movies where it feels like people saw two different films. Right. Right. You get those sometimes. It's like, okay, sure. like, like you saw one film. I said, well, we actually saw the same film. You dug it. I was very disappointed. What, what is the issue here? Right. That's the interesting part. That's why I want you to see it to give me your perspective. But I went, I actually said this on a, a radio spot. I did before I read some of the fan reviews. It almost felt to me when I watched it and the movie was over. That one of the dark secrets in the industry, which I can't stomach, is Hollywood studios perking, whatever that is, a lot of the bloggers out there to spread positive buzz on stuff that doesn't deserve the positive buzz. I know that goes on. It has it, it's going on a long time, but it's much more prevalent in the last five, five years with, 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 with newspaper critics basically – Let's be honest, they've they've been rendered obsolete to a point. It's the bloggers and the sites that have a lot more steam and the studio interest. It felt like, okay, like what am I missing here? Like there's love, some people love this film. And I just don't I I sat there and I'm like, when I'm watching it, you know how that feeling of um sort of like you're you're it's sort of like not to the point because I didn't have expectations for it, but Independence Day 2, when you get to a point, you go, oh, my God, like I, I, I throw in the towel. Like I throw right. in the towel. There's no, right. this no, it's not going to recover. This movie just blows, right? This movie doesn't blow. I, I don't want to go. It's just me. It just feels mediocre. It never rises to a level that I was like, oh, it's all coming together. I'm really, this is just my adrenaline's flowing. I'm laughing. I'm having a great time. It's what sort kind of like. audience did you see it with? Very small. All not right. a lot of people. Right. Okay. Not a lot of people. I heard other people that had audiences that applauded and left. Now, don't get me wrong. There's moments in the last act of this movie. I get where audience is called fan service. And I'm okay with the fan service. I am okay with it. Right. Some there's some some people have issues because they do repeat some of the beats from the original film. Sure. And and one of the characters actually sort of becomes one of the sort of becomes beat for beat similar to a character in the original film almost too much. Right. And it's like, I didn't like that. Well, um, but so it, the set, it, the it set, I had, to, I had it, a problem with the setting. It just, like I said, okay, this could be a cool setting. They unearthed, you know, the fact that it, yeah. the ma- major plot point is that the Har- Harold Ramer's character lived there, right, died there. The yes. Right. And, you know, his Ghostbuster paraphernalia is all there. Right. The car, the gadget, whatever. So the family, McKenna Grace being his granddaughter. Got it. And his, his daughter, they go there. Granddaughter, they go there and they uncover this stuff. And what could have been, I think, super cool, just as intriguing. And it's just, I don't want to use the word, it's, I don't want it, I wasn't bored as much as I was. It was a direction that 
uh, Jason Reitman took this material that really threw me. Like I was expecting something different and I didn't get it. Well, he's a very and, talented uh, guy. Maybe you just yeah, missed I, it. Maybe you missed it. Maybe it's a swing and a miss and you got to go back and see it again. You never know. That does happen. I, I don't think it's going to make that big a difference. I might. I might because it's one of those movies like I'm going to tell you a quick story. Very quick. I remember when and you're going to laugh, but I remember when Poseidon opened, you know, I, my favorite films of Poseidon adventure, right? right? I remember the first night never I went to see Poseidon yeah. open and I was disappointed. The wave yeah. hit the ship way too fast. And I started reading like the, the 35% of the critics that really liked it. I was like, what do they see in this movie? Right? right. So I went back and saw it again and I understood the pacing better. And I actually enjoyed it. The second viewing, because I understood the pacing was not what I thought. I, I, I said, okay, wave hit ship early. I'll make up my own backstory. I, 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 I enjoyed it for the action sequences. Right. right? So that can happen. So it, my point is, it is, it's depressing wanting to like something a lot and being deflated by the fact I didn't. If that makes sense to you, that makes total sense. And that's happens. what happened. All right. So, so does, I would give it. Get the I two would and a half stars or no? It's give, only no two. Two. No. Two out of four. All right. Well, it's a five out of ten. Right. It's just not what I, it wasn't good enough. Gotcha. That's fair. That's it. That's fair. I'll let you know my thoughts. Uh, I'll probably go see it this weekend. So uh, bring in your daughter. Yep. Yeah, cool. She's forward to it. So we'll you go for Ghostbusters. You seen Ghostbusters one and two? You saw the original. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and that great female oriented Ghostbusters. I got to be honest. I like that one a lot more. Oh, boy. But again, but let's hey. be let let us and, and Chuck and I told com, total and complete disclosure here. Yeah. And I think we both readily admit the original Ghostbusters is quite an overrated film. It's good. It's, it's good. Funny, but it's, it's not, not my great. favorite film of 1984. Not a classic. It's good. Well, that could be that's hearsay to some people. I, I understand that, but I don't like it's don't get me wrong. I don't know slight against it. I had a very fun time seeing it, but yeah, there's not a whole hell of a lot of laughs. And, you know, it plays much more like a kiddie movie than it's a real the Bill movie. Murray show. It's the Bill Murray show. So, yeah. um, but that being said, uh, Ghostbusters 2 is serviceable. Um, I actually like Ghostbusters 2. I like Rick Moranis. My, I like Rick Ghostbusters, too. Yeah, Ghostbusters, too. Rick Moranis is really good in it. But all right, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm just telling you, this is the way I feel. I got I have like I can't come on. I can't come on here and make up stories that I really liked it. Right. No, no. You got to be. Mean, on. We want you and, to be and, honest. And, and, unless the studio is paying me to say it, then well, hell, that, you know, send, give me the money. It's give, Christ, you, give me the money. It's Christmas time. Sure, send him what some a money. movie. Holy what a cow, movie. Mike. Four stars. I best laughed. I cried. Best things in sliced bread. I did see a very good movie on uh, on Netflix this past week, Chuck. And really? It's the, it's the musical Tick, Tick, Boom, which stars yeah. Andrew Garfield. I'll watch the trailer. And, and Andrew Garfield is so good in this film. He plays Jonathan Larson, the guy who wrote and developed uh, Rent. Rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He died yeah. early um, in life. Is it a, is it a very adult-oriented movie? Very adult-oriented. Great songs R. in it. Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda Directed directs it, right? it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, But, boy, what a performance Andrew Garfield feels. He's very versatile. And you talk about some of the work is it, he's done. Is it a moving story? Yeah, very much yeah. so. Very much. So. I was so very it's a story surprised. worth telling. Yes, I believe oh, it good. was. Okay. And 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 they wrote a lot of great. He wrote a lot of great music around it. Um, yeah. I'm not a big fan of Rent either. I think that play was no, quite no. That, that mo the movies is a mediocre movie. Yeah, the the play itself. I saw it now. When I saw yeah. Rent, the HIV epidemic was yeah. You know. It was a little well, dated. I I, they, they did that as a live action musical on uh, on Fox or NBC. I, I it was I didn't like it. Yeah, it's just. Um, yeah, go ahead. 
it, it's just a little dated and I get it. Yeah. But there's some good songs in it. But I would recommend this if you're a musical fan. There's a mm -hmm. great five minute sequence in the middle of the film that has yeah. like legends from Broadway sing along with Andrew Garfield's some, yeah. some great stuff. Um, and and uh, I, I highly recommend it. Joel Gray's part of it. Um, and it just go, that that five minute sequence is really good. But I could see a, a nomination for Andrew Garfield here. He's so good, very versatile. And you're talking about the guy who's a heartbreak ridge. He's also Spider-Man. He's a British actor as well, too. You never would know it. Yeah, he's, he's very talented, Chuck. And remember, we first saw him in the social network where he almost steals that movie, too, from. Well, uh, listen, the Mel Gibson movie. I love him. In. Yeah, he's very good in that movie. He's a very talented actor. What's the name of that movie again? Heartbreak Ridge, right? Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah. Oh. No, that that's Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. I forget the heartbreak something. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's the the, the, the war movie. We it's so good. I can't remember so the title. That, that movie's a great movie, though. I yeah. love that movie. That that was my favorite movie of that year. That should have won the Oscar. It was nominated. Should have won the Oscar for Best Picture, in my opinion. Chuck, the only uh, movie news I have out there um, is I, I did see that Henry Cavill does have interest in playing Superman again. Um, yeah, but he is, does, but there's do people, a studio. But do people have interest in seeing it again? I mean, they just never seem to get Superman right ever since Christopher Reeve. He's very good. Don't get me wrong. He's but good. Here's the problem. You know what the problem is. The problem is the times we live in and the character. The way Christopher Reeve played Superman, it, it was beautiful and it fit the world of the 70s, 78, right. 80. It just did. The world's so complex and much darker, or at least on the with social media, the darkness comes through a lot more than we knew of in the 70s and the early 80s. So, um, I mean, could you have Christopher Reeve Superman in this? In this, that's why Zack Snyder made it darker. Yeah, I, he can't film it. I, I like Zack I, I, Listen, I, I'm, I'm completely on board with Henry Cavill as Superman. Give me, give me, give me James J.J. Abrams directing. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right? Give me, yeah. give me, give me. Well, I'd love to see James Cameron direct a Superman movie, but um, I'd love that. I'd like to see him direct any movie that doesn't have a yeah. freaking Avatar. An Avatar? To it. Yeah, me too. Uh, what a joke. By the way, when's the Abyss coming out on Blu-ray? Good Lord. Know. Also, by the way, I can't stop watching Seinfeld on Netflix. How you come? Just, the show is unbelievably funny still. And now, now you don't have to sit through any commercials. It's perfect. The perfect place for Seinfeld. What about Netflix. The Walking Dead on Netflix? Have you been no, watching I don't that? I have time for that stuff. Oh, I I'd just rather, want to point out while we're just laugh. bantering. Dexter. Yeah. Back on Showtime after, I think, a nine-year hi yeah. hiatus. Ten episodes. You know, I read some of the reviews. They sort of mix up. Mike, I love it. Is it good? I'm a, oh, I love it. It, it. Episode three was awesome. He is, like, he didn't miss a beat. It feels like an old shoe, a beautiful, comfortable old. I, I'm going to tell you something. I gave this thought. I was driving, right? So I was in the car with my wife and daughter. They like that show a lot, too. So I said to myself with them, I said, you know what? That might be my all time favorite character on a TV show. I Excellent. love Negan. Don't get me wrong. I love Negan. I love Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead. But I got to tell you, Dexter might be my all time favorite character. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, it is. And I love I love I love so far there are three episodes. I love it. Well, if you're a Dexter fan, if you're and you read some of the a review that was mediocre. Don't listen. Watch it. It's it's great. Right. Wow. Good scripting. Very complex. Three episodes out of ten. I am completely all in. All in. That's good to hear. That's good to yeah. hear. That is his Jack Bauer. That is his role. 
that he'll never be able to do another part without thinking of Dexter to Michael C. Hall. So I don't know. Listen, if they ever do a movie one day with that, you if without him, you couldn't do it. He, he is Dexter. He yeah, he, he is, is Dexter. He is. Um, well, we're going to count down our favorite films of 1996. Chuck, let's do fast five. You want to do some fast five? Like, go for it. Go ahead. All right. We've got uh, one guy who's in one of the movies we'll be talking about later. Um, Ed Harris, Chuck is uh believe it or not he's 71 years old this thanksgiving weekend you know it's uh, interesting he shed so much weight like he thinned out you know yeah. in the last like 10 15 years of his life he doesn't look like, the, the, the abyss the abyss always pops in my head because it's so cool to see a, a really damn good actor in an action role yeah right and yeah. and the swimming suck he did and you know the, the shoot was horrendous he admits that you know he hated cameron all the stuff they put him through and you know having to stay in water tanks for 12 straight hours and urine not being urinating in the water and couldn't go to the, like, it was horrible, tough shoot, but I love the abyss. And, uh, uh, but you know, he, he's, he's such a good actor. He's one of the best. Um, and you know what, uh, Apollo 13, Apollo 13, he got the nomination for Gene Kranz. Yeah. He plays, um, and we'll talk about the rock later on. He's obviously famous. Oh, don't forget milk money. Milk money, but he's also just good joking, as the, folks. You get you know, it, how it. how well does the Truman Show play now, considering the times we live in? And he plays Christoph, the guy that runs the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just an incredible movie that uh, really was ahead of its time. And, and, and also, you know, it, he, he's a great villain in The Rock. Yeah, well, we'll talk about right? that later on. Yeah, um, I know. How about Judd Nelson? How old do you think Judd Nelson is? Judd, Nelson, Judd Nelson. I'm going to go 61. He's 62 this weekend. Okay. Is he Johnny Bender? And then that's it. No, he did a movie called Relentless, right? Yeah, I I did the director. William Lusting came down to our theater, Pocono Cinema, with a pristine 35 millimeter reel. It's about 10 years ago. And he did a QA, and a Not a lot of people showed up. And and we and I just the first time I watched that movie. I liked it. And Judd Nelson is an interesting talent. He actually is pretty good. He was uh, uh, was uh, Leo Rossi there for the, the talk no. about the movie. I know Robert Loggia is in that movie, too. And they would do a sequel with just Leo Rossi. You know who wrote Relentless? Who? Phil Alden Robinson. Wow. Who would have thought that? Feel the dreams. Interesting. Yeah. Um, he's very good in uh, obviously the Breakfast Club to me. And he's good. In, yeah. I don't like his character in St. Almost Fire at all. Yeah. At all. He's terrible in that. And he did a legal movie called From the Hip that yeah, I thought he was did. kind of fun. Um, yeah, I remember day. that one. They this don't movie... make movies like that anymore. Those, you know, those those, you know, weekly throwaway movies that you you oh, watch yeah, in the yeah, theater yeah, yeah. like us. You know, I, I was entertained, had a good time. One of our favorite actresses is celebrating her birthday this weekend. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Chuck um, has done a lot of good work, but we're both really big fans of 10 Cloverfield. Lane, yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought um, she and... was uh, I thought she was uh, uh, good casting and live free or die hard. McLean's daughter. Uh, yep. And big I mistake, think, big mistake, not using her as the, the, the focal sibling. Right. And she's in, good in the uh, new Netflix movie. That was a big mistake. She's good in the new Netflix movie, Kate. That's out right now. Too, and then Scott, Scott Pilgrim saves the world. Yeah. Right. What do you think of yeah. her? If they ever did alien her as Ripley, I think I She'd could totally good. see her as Ripley. Right. Yeah, I could, too. Um, 100%. Or of, at least a Ripley variation. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, a less appealing actress on the big screen, but she's done some decent work. Catherine Heigl is uh, 44 years old, Chuck, uh, 43 years old. Sorry. 43. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knocked up is the first thing that comes to mind for me. She hit big on that movie. Yeah. We told it. We told a story about how Anne Hathaway had that role originally and then wanted to Apatow 
to change one of the script points where the baby's head pops out uh, when, of, of when giving birth. And she's like, I, I know, I don't want to be part of that. When I, it's sort of weird that, but she backed out of the project and then they cast Catherine Heigl. And that was huge for her career. She's actually yeah. really good in it. She she's is. good in Grey's Anatomy. She, she, listen, she's. She won an she Emmy. Wouldn't have got all, listen, she wouldn't have got all those roles. I mean, you know, behind the scenes stage mother syndrome, whatever you, whatever, then, you know, had issues with a career, right. but she's uh she was definitely a likable talent is a likable talent. She's done a lot of filler roles too, like 27 dresses and yeah. Pillars but Hey, and life as we know it, but, but her heads, uh, her name is, a you know, above or below the title first billings is pretty good. And she actually survived the Gerard Butler movie too, called the ugly truth. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to believe that uh, she could survive a Gerard. But is that is that a Bannon movie? The Ugly Truth's not. No, it's not. He's not. That would be something would be fallen, right? It would be. The, yes, yes. Yeah, ugly has fall. fallen. Or so it's not yes. that one, right? No, no. Uh, last but not least, Don Cheadle, Chuck. Uh, what a great actor he is. And he is um, 57 years old. Don Cheadle. Uh, to me, I think of traffic. He's so good as one of the. Narc- yeah, he's uh, really good. You know, what pops in my head is uh, is. Uh, he plays the uh, the the angel variation oh, yeah. uh, family in, in, in family family man. Family man, yeah. You know, it's man. funny because we talked about this before. I remember seeing Family Man by myself in a theater. It's opening day, right? Because I always like Christmas stuff, right? And it's like, ah, you know, it's all right. But that movie over time has really grown on me. I mean, real. I am a big fan of that film. It's directed by Brett Ratner. It's to me, Tia Leone's never been more appealing. And he plays like the angel, like in a in a very serious movie. I like that movie. You know what's it's a cage is awesome. It's interesting too because I think Marvel lucked out when he stepped into the role. Yeah, they in did. Iron Man movies because you know. Yeah, Terrence Howard. Terrence they, Howard. I mean, had a fall. Had also issues with him. Yeah. I couldn't see him continuing that role for as long as Don Cheadle did it. Right? Would have been awkward to see. Well, Terrence they didn't Howard. want him. Now, well, want him. he's not done much. Really recently, he's done that, that TV show for Fox, right? Yeah, yeah, the Empire, yeah, he's Empire, done that. yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Don Cheadle just continues to always do wonderful stuff. You know, he's the narrator in a totally unnecessary reboot of The Wonder Years that's on ABC right now. Chuck. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't even watch. I, I barely watch network TV at all. Neither do I. Really I. don't. I don't. I don't either. I really don't. I think it's awful. Uh, not awful. Is uh. 1996, Chuck, is what a great year in, in movies. I mean, my my initial list, I had about 15 to 20 movies that I wrote down um, from all that were released and narrowing it down to 10. OK, but then can I say out, something before we do this? Out my favorite? You can when I'm done talking. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, uh, the picking out my favorite of the year is yeah. really difficult because there's, I would say, four or five not great movies, iconic lasting movies over generations. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see where our lists uh, differ and compare. But go ahead. Your thoughts on 90, 25 years ago, 1996. No, here's, it's not about 96 yet. But here's my thing. When I change the channels, right? I say this in all seriousness and I see a movie and I immediately go to the menu guide, see what year it came out. Right. right? And then I say to myself, my Lord, does time go fast? I'm serious. That's how I gauge time. And I say to myself, like, I don't want another 10 years. Like, if, if I get another 20 years older, it's like, holy cow. I, you know, but I can't. I, I, that's the way I gauge time. I go to the menu and say, oh, this movie came out in 1980. Like, 1980. Like, I remember it's like, or even 19, 
It's 2021. Even a movie like, uh, you know, We Bought a Zeus, 10 years old. And I'm like, I, I remember it was like yesterday seeing in a movie theater. My point is a decade goes really fast. And these, what we're going to talk about is 25 years old. I remember a lot of stuff like the back of my hand. I know. And I remember it goes fast. I remember seeing these movies, all of them in theaters and uh, all of them. I remember the experiences having and seeing them in the theater, too, as well. All right, Chuck, uh, we'll go first. Let me go. go, Let me go. Let me go. You want to go first? You're 10 through six. Yeah, God, I'll let you know what's on mine. My number 10 is uh, the Folly Brothers comedy Kingpin. Funny movie. Very funny. Movie. What happened to those guys? I so they sort of wore out their welcome to Folly Brothers, right? Something well, about Mary. I mean, they could not make some of these movies now, Chuck. Oh, let's face it. No, but, but Kingpin, correct. Woody Harrelson, Randy Quaid, and co-starring Bill Murray. The movie's funny. Yeah, it's very like funny. really funny. And very it's very funny. entertaining. And I'm a big fan, so I put that as number 10. Number nine, Matilda. One of the movie. great directorial efforts by Danny DeVito, based, really by, based on Ron Dahl's children's novel, Always a little darkness. That's why DeVito is a good marriage for this material. Maura Wilson is a Very little good. girl. The, 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 the actors who played a teacher. Awesome. Yeah. Rhea Perlman. It's a, I remember seeing this in the theater, walking out, going, you know what? Four stars out of four. I love Very that funny movie. movie. My daughter loves okay. this movie, too. Very good movie. Number eight. Uh, Not on my list, though. Either one of those, though. So this is a good. time to a time to kill. Matthew good McConaughey and, and Sandra Bullock, Sam Jackson, directed by Joel Schumacher. Very compelling courtroom drama. I think the first time I ever seen Matthew McConaughey on a movie screen. That and Dazed and Confused. Yeah, very much. So, Number yeah. seven, Executive Decision. Remember going to see this movie? A lot Great of people flip. because the way Warner Brothers marketed. OK, I'm going to see Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal teaming up. And then Steven Seagal gets killed off in the first 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm like, this is a Kurt Russell movie. I think he makes good, it to the 30 minute mark. But yeah, but a it's, damn good Kurt Russell movie. What a great airport movie, Chuck. This is a great movie on Holly plane. Berry, great uh, movie. Oliver Platt, yep. John Languizamo, really good cast. Uh, and I think it's directed by the guy who did the cinematography of Die Hard, right? Yeah, yeah. Good movie. And my number six. Stuart Baird, by the way. Is yeah, name. Stuart Baird. Stuart yeah. Baird. Right. And then uh, my number six, I won with the Oscar winning Film of that year, Fargo, Coen Brothers, uh, very good film. Love that. I didn't movie. put it in my top five because I went with movies that I watch repeatedly in my yeah. top five. Repeatedly. Well, interesting. Two of those movies are my seven and six as well. Executive Decision and yeah. Fargo. The only thing I wish about Executive Decision and much like they did with Nonstop with Liam Neeson is I wish Universal produced these movies and just called them Airport 1996. Yeah, because it plays so much like those movies with an all star yeah. cast, not a list actors, mostly B list actors that everybody can recognize. And Kurt Russell's never been better. And Halle Berry and, 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 and an interesting look. They gave Kurt Russell in that very movie, much. Right? So he's yeah. very good. In it. And Fargo, I mean, William H. Macy and 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 uh, really puts him on the map. What a Kurt, performance. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, he gives in that movie. Yeah. It's a great it's really Joel and Ethan Cohen to me. I do mm-hmm. like No Country for Old Men, but Fargo is still their best film. That was my number six as well. Okay. Seven was Executive Decision. So my number 10 was uh, I really enjoyed uh, James Foley directing Fear, which starred Marky Mark as a right. terroristic boyfriend. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, not only Reese Witherspoon in the film, but uh, William H. Peterson. He's really good in his, as well as the dad. I, this movie really affected me, Chuck. I thought it was very well done. And for a thriller, a hack thriller, it really had some great suspense in it. It beat out some really good movies to be my number 10. My number nine 
is a is a is really the putting a, putting his name on the map in movies is John Favreau and Swingers. I love this okay. film. Him and yep. Vince Vaughn. What mm-hmm. great chemistry they have uh, really capturing what being an actor in L.A. at the time was and really falling out of love with somebody and how obsessive one could be. I mean, when he gets the phone number from the one girl in the bar and leaves about 15 voicemail messages, uh, it's cringeworthy how much that pains. And you're uh, one of your favorites is in that movie as well. Brooke Langton, who I know you're a big fan of. Yeah, I like her fingers. That's my number nine. And my number eight may be the funniest movie of the year. And that's The Birdcage, which stars okay. Robin yeah, Williams big, and big, Nathan big, Lane. Big hit. 96. Holy crap. I don't know. I don't know how I, I, I don't let, know if I laughed more than any movie in the 90s than that one, Chuck. Freaking Gene Hackman's funny. And, and, and Gene Hackman's funny in that movie. He's fun. That's how funny this movie is. Gene Hackman's funny in it. Um, Hank Azaria does a great turn in this film, too, yeah. as a Spanish uh, uh, bar, uh, the the, uh, the the maid. He dresses up. Just, and do, you think the movie, do, you, do, you, do you think this movie is a little forgotten, though? I think it is. But a boy, little, maybe. Gene Hackman, when he finds out that they're gay and he's more concerned yeah. that he's Jewish, I, I was... That movie, that line brought me down, Chuck. You wait, you're Jewish. And I, Gene Hackman's <laughs> delivery is so funny in that movie. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, and that's so it's fear swingers, the birdcage executive decision and Fargo. What was your 10 through six real quick? Uh, Kingpin 10, Matilda nine, ta- time to kill eight, executive decision seven and Fargo six. Chuck, I want to go with my number five here because I know it's on your Go list. Ahead. And Go ahead. and it's probably maybe 10 years ago would have been higher on my list. But this is the effect of having one of the most atrocious sequels of all time. And the fact that it really doesn't play as well currently because of the special effects. Independence Day is my number five now okay. on my list. It's uh, number three for me. Don't get me wrong. All the highs that we saw it in the theaters and the Ziegfeld, all that stuff. Don't. It, yeah. Fantastic experience. But I can't help but look back at it now and say, boy, th- there's a lot of mess in there that it was. You know, you could see the the cracks in the pavement. That would eventually lead to ID2, which was just an atrocious movie. But it is a great movie and it is one of the 10 best. It is number five on my list. Um, thoughts on how I think about that movie now? Um, well, I don't I discount the sequel like I, in my mind, it doesn't exist. I won't watch it again. It's oh, trash. It's trash. And it is. That was I remember going to see it in a theater and I'm like, not that I had expectations for it high because I knew the buzz, but you know, after the first 10 minutes, I'm like, ah, you know, maybe the critics said, no, the movie was awful. It was just awful. Well, Chuck, and it goes to of- show and what it goes to show you is that it's, you say to yourself, like guys like Roland Elmerich, like how do you get it right with independence day? And how could you be so off base with that? Like, it's like, could that be really the same people involved? Could it really be? It's almost it's like a drug, Chuck, right? He gets all the great audience high moments right in Independence yeah. Day that he just all he does in these other movies is try to recreate those moments. Yeah, I guess not so. really having a story or any character. And we both really we both about. say one movie that would be an absolutely awesome autobiography, but it would be too expensive to do would be the, the, the life of Erwin Allen. Right. Right. From producer when he was in the producing chair, Poseidon Vegetarian Italian Inferno, top of the world. Oh, let me direct. Uh, not a good idea. Swarm beyond the beside mention when time around stock goes to 100 to zero. Roland Emmerich's not exactly in that case because he still has a little bit of clout in the industry. I mean, the trailer to Moonfall to me doesn't look good at all. Uh, oh, it looks, looks like, terrible, you, you, no. you know, even though I do like a lot of 2012, but like, you know, a lot of stuff he's done. 
it's nah. just it, it's just silly, you know. It's just it's just silly. But I love Independence Day. I, pound I, for I, pound, I love it. my number three with the dog living uh, with uh, Bill Pullman speech and with Randy Quaid's, you know, uh, and it made Will Smith a star. Let's be and honest, Will Smith's a star. I mean, it's just, it's just it's a lot and of Jeff Goldblum points. at his quirky best. Yeah, right. Not really good. I mean, hot off of uh, Jurassic Park. He backs yeah. it up with this film and uh, the rest is, as they say, history. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my number five. What was your number five? My number five is Twister. Wow. All right. I, I did, did, five, did not make my list. OK, my number five is Twister because I feel one of the effects is still awesome. Yep, I would agree. And with that. I like the pairing. There's something about the hook that's used in movies about a couple who were married and loved each other that have a falling out that get reunited by some circumstance, a disaster. And it always works for me. It works in the abyss. It works in San Andreas. Like it really works for me. Maybe because I'm living it. Okay. Right. <laughs> but it, it works for me. And Bill Paxton, I know Tom, supposedly Tom Cruise was up, was going to get this role, wanted this that role. And, that wouldn't all right. But Bill Paxton became, to me, a major lead. He was, he was really good. And Helen Hunt's really good. And their parry's really good. And the effects are good. And the concept is good. Jamie Gertz, not so much. I mean, no, like that, 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 that character, like in screen, if you went to scre- uh, screenwriting class, that's like one, one one. That's not the type of character you put into a screenplay. No, it's almost embarrassing. That that's, you know, it, it's almost embarrassing for her to play that role. Yeah. It's so stupid. And it doesn't fit. People the don't, the tone people the don't act like that. Well, no, maybe people no. do act like that, but it's not the people I want to see in a movie. Having said that, the, 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 the end of Twister, that whole, you know, when Dorothy flies, it, it's the score, the, the shining on the outdoor movie screen, getting ripped by a Twister. Yeah. It's the emotion. It's really I, I think it's really good. I, I enjoy the hell out of that movie. And the, the directing debut of uh, John DeBont, right? Or is it his, you know, and then, you well, know, speed, he, speed. He and, then speed this one. And, these, and then and then the, the funny thing about John DeBont is when he does speed two, his career ended. That's it. Like it, 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 the movie was a flop. Yep. And I don't know if it's a flop because of him. It's a flop because it's just a terrible story. No. Yeah. Script. It, it, and it's not awful. It's just not good. Um, it's things right. that are awful in it, but again, we get to, we've talked about that. Yeah, Twister was probably the eleventh or twelfth uh, right. movie on my list, but very good movie. Obviously, my number four is definitely one of the scariest movies of the nineties, and what a reboot to the horror genre! And that's Scream, Chuck. Me too. That's my four. What a fantastic experience I had in theaters. I wasn't yeah. expecting much from this film. You know, Wes Craven horror. One of the great it. opening scenes of all time, right? One of the great opening scenes of all time. Kevin Williamson, one of the great scripts of all time. And he, I would here's, argue. here's what works so well about Steve. They they got all the right talent for, yes. in that generation to do yes. it. Yes. Right? And every That's character a big is every worked. and every character you care about is well-rounded. Even the killers you're, you're, you're interested oh, yeah, great, in. Right. Great. And, and so, let's be honest, they don't in terms of horror. The last 20 minutes, they don't hold back. It's no, they gory. don't. No, it's gory. They don't. And uh, Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell. I mean, they would keep doing it over and over again. Don't get me wrong. The some of the sequels are good. We've talked about it. Yeah, but this is a horror classic, Chuck. And, you know, we've coming off a sci fi classic with Independence Day. Here's a horror classic. Yeah, great. We also have an action classic. Come up. I mean, we are talking about some really iconic films. And here, we Chuck. might have a romantic, uh, a a romantic, romantic co- comedy uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. classic, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have so a screen- feeling I have a feeling there are at least two more picks of the same. I think our one or two are the same. And I got to be honest with you, to me, they're one and one A. So let me give you my number three. 
Go ahead. Your number three, we've already talked about, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yep. My number three is a little known film that I'm a really big fan of. And the uh, director of the film passed away way too young. And I know, you know, I love this movie. And that's Beautiful Girls, directed yeah. by Ted Demi, with really an all-star cast of Matt Damon, uh, uh, Matt Dillon. A lot of love for this movie. Timothy Hutton. This has got a lot of fantastic, great actors, it, really good script and a really good setting of a small town. Yes. During the winter. And here's what's these... interesting about Natalie Portman. Yep. When she, when she's good, she's great. She's so appealing like this, in this film. Yeah, she's so there's certain things she's just so appealing in. And, and, and then and, she did Star Wars and she does Star Wars. Right. Right. And Thor Under George Lucas. Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like, but I got to tell you, Chuck, uh, you know, I, I was around the same age as all these guys were when they were doing their 10 year reunion when this movie came out. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got a really good cast that includes Michael Rappaport and and uh, Rosie O'Donnell, of all people, who's got a great uh, 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 almost monologue in this film about how guys are so stupid, how they go crazy over these beautiful girls. It's even got a nice performance from Mira Servino. Chuck, this is a movie nobody sees, but you could catch it on HBO Max. You're going to sit there for right. two hours and really be uh, it's a sweet movie with a lot of great performances uh, and, and a lot of funny lines, too. Let's face it. Uh, really good movie. Go check out Beautiful Girls. It's my number three on the year. And it's not the best romantic comedy of the film of the year because well, one of the next two movies we're going to talk about. So it's you know, when we're talking about one and two here. How do you decide what's better, The Rock or Jerry Maguire? They're two completely different movies, Chuck, yet. You could easily say this one's the best of the year. Of course. No, this one's the best of the year. I put Rock as number two. I put Rock as number one. That's interesting. Okay. I put Rock as number two. Let me just say this about The Rock. I have always believed since I saw it in a movie theater back in 88 that Die Hard is the greatest pure action movie I've ever seen in my life. Right. Okay. The Rock is close to Pretty that. Pretty damn it's close. Cl- it's very close. Pretty damn close. Yeah. The pairing of Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery and Sean Connery. This is that period of his life where he comes, he's coming back. Yeah. And it's all coming together as a, a little bit of a, of an eight, not old, but he's, he's eight. He's still right. great. Right. Women love him. He's right. still a great looking guy, but he, he has a confidence on screen that is second in on very few people have ever had the confidence. Sean Connery has on screen in a movie like the rock. Very few. And it's and- a great character. And he pulls off it, the action sequences too. A great villain, great, great villain, great score. Yep, great and score. Mo- and the movie moves. Yeah, it's Michael Bay, but it works. I yeah, mean, it it's really works. And it's, it's exciting. Really, it, I, I, to use a, a phrase, it's 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 as exciting as piss, and it is. It's it really so exciting. is. No, I, yeah. and I saw it twice in a week at the theaters. Yeah. Once on my own, and then once I brought my mom and dad because I knew they were going to love this film. <clears throat> And it's just nonstop laughs, too. There's a lot of great laughs. Oh, the lines and some of the, never some been of the li- Yeah, he's never been better. Here's the thing. Nicholas Cage has done all his director Walmart show movie. And I always say, like, why wasn't he offered the opportunity to come back as Stanley Goodspeed in another film? It, it, they could have franchised it. Mike, they could have made franchised it. It doesn't could make have, sense. A biological uh, uh, federal agent. Yes, they could totally have kept making movies on it. You know, yeah. I, I look, I'm a fan of his Con Air and his other action movies, but this this is quintessential Nick K. Like for as much as he gets made fun of, I don't think people really I think people remember Con Air for some reason more than yeah. this movie. It's and a it's, classic, though. This is a classic action movie. I agree. Uh, even the ancillary characters, whether it's uh, John Tony Spencer, Todd. Michael Baines in it as well. 
uh, right. Tony, Tony Todd. I mean, there's so many great rec- and Mike, uh, uh David Morris is one of the bad guys. Tony are- Todd's got some menacing dialogue in this. He movie. does. And Chuck, these are His complicated villains, too. That's another thing. These are that's just- what makes it so good. And yeah. listen, Ed Harris's character is a, a extremely and that's the best kind of villain. It's not like, okay, this guy's just a villain. Right. Because in his mind, he believes what he's doing is 100% correct. That is interesting. And I get chills just thinking about how perfect the denouement to this movie is with Michael Bay tagging the film with him looking at the, the microfilm. Hey, do you want to, you want to know who oh, killed JFK? It. And the oh, so awesome. is so perfect. The, the how many crowd times when that was on, how many times on DVD did you rewind that scene and watch oh, it again and again? It's so good. It is so good. Um, and even Vanessa Marcel, who's a big, yeah, she's very appealing soap it. opera. Yeah, she's very appealing. She was on, Ve- she was uh, on the v- show Vegas with uh, James yeah. Conn. And it's just uh, it's just classic movie. Gosh, and I can't well, wait yeah. to watch it again. It's so good now how it's completely different. Jer- Jerry Maguire, uh, it is. But for I mean, it's weird. They're both guy movies, right, Chuck? One's a guy action movie and one's a guy love story. Yeah, but here's why I like Jerry Maguire so much, because Rene Russo Renee Zellweger, was, Zellweger. Uh, Renee Zellweger was never more appealing. Like it was a perfect role and her banter opposite a major movie star and Tom Cruise was perfect. Yeah, you almost it, you almost had to cast someone. And the kid was awesome. Oh, the, the, and, the, and, the, and the, obviously Cuba Gooding came out of you know, it was lightning Oscar, in a bottle. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but I love that movie. You know, to me, what works best about this film, and yeah, it's a great love story between the two of them, but it's a love story between two guys, too, right? Yes. It's a love story yeah. of two, two what guys makes, becoming what friends. Makes, what makes certain movies great, right, is that it goes down more than one road. Right. And this movie, this movie is juggling three different roads in relationships, and that's what makes it special. Yeah. It's very, very good. It's Excellent. Ca- yeah, Cameron Crowe does a wonderful job. He's never even come close to the heights he reached with that movie. Yeah. Uh, the score works. You had the, me at hello. You had me at hello. Beautiful. I mean, it, it's just a beautiful film. I agree. Um, and, and they're both to me, they're both number one movies. So you're just for completely different reasons. And, you know, Tom, you know, Tom Cruise is fantastic in it. You know, he's he's barely Tom Cruise. He's really playing a well rounded out character that uh, that really guys can recognize. It's it's just interesting how they're two number one movies to me. And even beautiful girls for that respect is another guy type movie just the perspective of men in that time frame and what really brings us to the movie theaters, Chuck. Um, here's my 10 through number one fear swingers, the birdcage executive decision, Fargo independence day scream, beautiful girls, Jerry Maguire and the rock Chuck, your 10 through t- number one, number 10 kingpin, number nine, Matilda, number eight, a time to kill number seven, executive decision Number six, Fargo, number five, twister, number four, Wes Craven's Scream, number three, Independence Day, number two, The Rock, and number one, Jerry Maguire. Good year, Mike. Good, good, good real good, good year. year. And now now the million dollar question, what won the Oscar that year for Best Picture? Because it wasn't any of these movies. Can you you think you can name what so it was? I, I don't, it wasn't Fargo. No, Fargo didn't win Best Picture. Good. I, what was it? A piece of crap called The English Patient. OK. Yep. Uh, Hollywood has a history of doing that stuff. Yeah, they sure do. But Fargo, uh, Francis McDormand won and uh, and uh, Cuba. You know, Gooding, what, you know, it's a good a good observation to think about. When 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 the Hollywood Academy. Votes for best picture. 
Like, don't you think that they should give thought to, is this movie going to be right. something people care about in 25 years? I almost Are they think they watch should... it. Are they going to love it? Are they going to watch it repeatedly? I mean, one of the cool things about a movie like The Godfather 1 and 2, like right there on Showtime right now. Yeah. And I'm like, these movies, they're timeless, Mike. They're absolutely timeless. put them on at any part in a movie and get immediately hooked. And get hooked. Yeah. I just watched The Untouchables again, and the same thing. It's like, I agree. As soon as you sit down, you just can't turn it off. And there's about six of these movies on our list that are the same thing. I often think the Academy should wait 10 years and then piss, pick best. Maybe, from maybe. 10 years. But you know what is what is interesting? And I, I don't want to beat the horse again, but with streaming and I, I still think we we have. There's a library of greatness that we talk about all the time. That library is not being written going forward. I don't a very small extent, you know, the heyday of movies like Rocky. Think about 76, Rocky, right. Network, Cuckoo's Nest of 75. It's those two years, Network, yeah. no, movies right. like that. And it's a taxi drive. Those 70s movies, Godfather, one, two, China Syndrome. I mean, I don't think we're going to ever get to that point of, of, of the pinnacle. I just uh, don't think so. And then the 80s was something different in itself. And it was awesome. Sort of the introduction of great genre stuff. Yeah. And, and, and great movie going experiences. Right. And I, you know, it's really fun listening to my daughter ask me, what was the audience like when you saw this? You know, when he says hasta la vista, baby, what's that like? And boy, you just don't get that anymore. You don't you don't. I mean, I guess when Thanos snaps his finger, I guess I, I don't pretty, know. That was pretty good. It, it, I, yeah. I They're just, fewer and far in between. That's, that's what it my is. Point. You get it that's once a, in a blue moon. You now. get you. I'm not saying you're never going to get it. I'm not saying right. you're going to get it. I listen. I have big hopes. This, this new Spider-Man movie. That's going to bring the house down. We talked about that on the last show. Right. Right. I mean, three spot. These other two Spider-Mans enter the universe when all looks lost. I mean, that's going to be amazing. If that's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's going to happen. Uh, well, 96 is a great year. No doubt about it. Chuck, let's make 2022 a great year. How about that? I'm all for it. So, Mike, uh, always a pleasure to the audience. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.